good morning mr manish uh good to have you back um we had a session with you last year and it was phenomenal and i remember we and i had this been announced and you know it's so exciting to hear from you and we couldn't let this opportunity go again this is the second annual manufacturing conference uh so before i you know give it to my uh, host uh, aditya let me uh you know uh, tell all the participants that uh, you know please please your your mic off your camera is off we give you an opportunity to ask the guest to uh, uh, to ask questions to the guest by raising your virtual hand and uh, please note that this session is being recorded so what you are doing thank you hi good morning everyone uh, good morning mr sharma thank you for taking the time off for the call Thank you. My pleasure. I quickly introduce you. Uh, uh, I mean, most people would be knowing you, but just uh, for the sake of it, uh, Mr. Manish Sharma is the president and CEO of Panasonic uh, India and South Asia. In his role, Mr. Manish Sharma is responsible for driving profitable growth, along with business development for the entire portfolio of Panasonic consumer, enterprise, utility, and industrial division. This covers the entire spectrum of B2C, B2B, and B2G segments. He also serves as the executive officer of Panasonic Corporation. Mr. Sharma also chairs Sikki's Electronics and Vehicles Committee and has been instrumental in bringing forth various policy measures such as CSR. In addition, uh, Mr. Sharma also chairs uh, the Sikki Energy Storage Committee and co-chairs uh, uh, India-Taiwan Business Corporation Committee. He has also represented Consumer Electronics and Appliances Manufacturers Association in the past, and was the president from 2014 to 2018. More recently, uh, Mr. Sharma was appointed uh, to the Steering Committee for Advanced Local Value Add and Export, uh, formed by the Ministry of Commerce and Industry, and has been working closely with the Department uh, for, for Promotion of Industry and Internal Trade. In his prior role, uh, Mr. Sharma has worked various electronic majors such as LG, Hotline, Samsung India, and higher end. Once again, uh, sir, thank you so much uh, uh, and welcome. Thank you, Arisha, for having me. Thank you so much, and thanks for the introduction. So, uh, uh, the last time when we had spoken, you had shared some very, very interesting insights. Uh, I, I continue with with that discussion as being almost a year. Um, some of the things that you had highlighted appear to be panning out in a very very interesting manner. Uh, I'll straight away start with uh, the most important question that they if you if you want mind. So much has happened. So many policy measures have have come through. We have seen uh, that industry uh, in a lot of these schemes uh, has responded creatively. Where do you think? India is today positioned with uh, uh, China, Vietnam, and Thailand. And do you think that all that is required is economies of scale, uh, uh, and otherwise we are getting close to a competing nation? Sure. So, Alistair, thank you very much, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here again. And uh, bear with me because there seems to be a technical glitch. My video is kind of flickering here and there. Uh, so, we will switch to any other camera in case uh, it goes off. And uh, coming back to the question, uh, we left it at a point when uh, PLI was announced by the government last time, and we had this conversation. 
and uh, ELI in some sense is a catalyzer in this whole journey and there is a way to go and just to put it in perspective. And uh, there might be a variety of uh, perspectives to look at, uh, uh, at the question which you have asked, but let me try to simplify it. And uh, last time when we had this conversation, I mentioned that the very strategy which we are looking at uh, for next midterm, which is like three to five years, is to establish a very strong foundation for India to do three things. So first is uh, to uh, open up the potential of the demand which exists in the country, in some sense unlock it. And uh, as you mentioned, economies of scale, I think this is going to be uh, one of the areas that we should leverage upon. And uh, second is, in this whole process, while the economies of scale, because of the potential of demand which exists in our country for variety of products, whether it is B2C or B2B, backward is the and ensure that uh, simultaneous to demand creation as it goes forward because we still get a uh, very low penetration rate across uh, many product categories, some of them we will discuss today. So backward integrate, which essentially means that uh, one, uh, initiate component manufacturing and we'll talk about it, you know, which are the components where we are having a situation to look at. And, uh, you know, in some sense, the risk, uh, the risk, of the supply chain if it, if it exists, and we have seen some of them in the recent past. And third is to ensure that we play our long-term game and establish a strong foundation for India to become a hub for export in the category where there is a potential. And we should not get overwhelmed with uh, the way either a China has evolved over a period of time or even some of the Asian economies like Thailand mentioned have taken this up in the recent years. So this is the kind of framework which uh, government is looking at and some of the recent initiatives have been taken in line with this. And uh, just to extend this a bit uh, and then I will take more questions as we go forward. Uh, what we have done is, uh, we have done two things essentially. So first is to identify the focus area. And you touched upon uh, my community scale committee. So scale committee is an empowered committee under DPIT. And the sole form of scale is steering committee for advancing local value add, which essentially means backward integration and Indian component uh, ecosystem in the country, and also export. Uh, we have not yet uh, reached to a situation where the committee has started working on enabling exports, but a lot of work has happened in uh, enabling ecosystem of component manufacturing to happen in the country. So what we have done is first, we have highlight, uh, identified focus areas, and there are 12 of them. I'm not going to touch all of them, but uh, a few of them are air conditioners. We spoke about uh, air conditioner subjects uh, last time. I'll uh, maybe establish a hypothesis that how we are looking at those 12 sectors by explaining what have been done in air conditioning. And then uh, categories like CCTV cameras which happen to be very strategic. Uh, while it is a, a commodity of a sort on one side, but very strategic on the other side, which potentially enables uh, safety of the citizens of the country also while the expansion of that ecosystem happens in the country. So that is another category. Then we are also looking at uh, electronic components and there is a huge potential out there. It is not only about uh, large categories which enable high investments in the country like open cell or semiconductor, but it is also about ensuring that not only the PCBAs come in as imports, but they start to get assembled in the country, get populated in the country and subsequently the component manufacturing including the PCB board, the laminate itself starts to get manufactured in the country. And then there are many other sectors. So there are 12 sectors which are identified and a very methodical approach of uh, uh, going into details that what it takes to one, understand 
what is this product category about, how much is the potential, why it is not backward integrated to the extent it should be, how to make it happen, what are the editors which are required, what are the time-bound activities which should be taken forward to let that happen, and who is going to do that in what manner. So that is the kind of approach which uh, government, uh, together with the state committee, the industry chamber, the industry itself, the captains of the industry is taking forward, and it is kind of unprecedented. I mean, I've been involved into policy advocacy for last about seven to eight years in my capacity being the president with CMI and also chairing the ticket committee. But I think what I've seen in the last uh, couple of years, and when they say that they are looking at converting this adversity into opportunity, I've seen that happening. And the kind of involvement, uh, the inclusion, uh, the, the sense of responsibility which is cutting across, the shared purpose which I see evolving over a period of time, in some sense, a collaborative approach. Uh, has been into play for the last couple of years. So I think that is the backdrop of what's happening and we have a huge opportunity. The question was how are we positioned with respect to a China or a Thailand? As I said, there is a way to go, but I think the, the restart of the sort has been uh, very methodical and uh, I personally think that we have to identify our own niche. We do not have to necessarily follow what a China or a Thailand did. Uh, there is a significant difference the way we have taken initiatives because we follow an inverted duty structure, for example, for majority of categories. That would not be the case in Thailand, for example. They took a very different model to enable export. They provided incentives for uh, uh, duty drawbacks on products which are produced in the country for export. So it was a very different approach uh, which a Thailand took. We cannot simply copy that approach. And second is we have to ensure that we not only identify the disabilities, some of uh, the strong points of India now enabling competitiveness. So we have to identify disabilities which have been identified and then we have to have a plan to do away with those, those disabilities. And it is not only economies of scale which will help us to do that. It is beyond that. As I said, it is enabling the component of the of the doable items to happen in a methodical phase manner in the country and then making ourselves competitive. So this is a marathon which has to be done. It will not be a quick fix which will happen in the next two to three years. But if we keep taking those steps, then I think we have a very good future. Sure. Uh, thanks, thanks, Minister, that's a fairly elaborate answer. Uh, within this, you touched upon some very interesting aspects. One was enforced institution that we have a large market, underpenetrated market, and we need to be catching to that. The second thing that you spoke about was backward integration in both component manufacturing. And the third bit which is briefly kind of referred is, uh, uh, is, is benefiting from the export opportunity. Yes. Now, how is the government and the industry thinking about it? Are all these three things going to happen in tandem or is there a thought that we should at least first start substituting it both, then start looking at building the ecosystem and then finally maybe at the later stage uh, we become competitive for export as well. So priorities are reasonably clear. While it appears that countries should do a lot of things at once, so there is a sense of urgency definitely cutting across because if you miss the past in the next four to five years, uh, it will take longer time and a bigger investment of a sort because uh, the geopolitical environment is such that, uh, I mean, this economic nationalism of a sort is cutting across not only in our country but elsewhere also. And therefore, it is important that uh, we take measures that are fast to enable all of them at once. But I believe that uh, we have to set priorities right. And therefore, what I feel is that when it comes to import substitution, 
A lot has happened in last few years because of the inverted duty structure, the phase manufacturing program that it started to get implemented in many categories. So the duty structures were designed such that assembly starts to happen in our country. So if you look at categories, for example, there are industry uses like television, washing machines, air conditioners, uh, refrigerators, microwave ovens, and many categories. So when it comes to finished goods, I think the import substitution has started to happen since last many years. And a lot of goods which we sell in our country are actually assembled in the country. So then comes the second bit of it. So for example, the SKD. And I believe that the current focus is on ensuring that instead of SKD, we start to do CKD in the first step. So for example, when you are importing components of a television or air conditioner from elsewhere, you are nearly assembling those products in the country. So I think the biggest of focus right now is to ensure that we move from near assembly to CKD in the country. To simplify this, we import a lot of PCBA, uh, for example. And today, uh, there is so much of electronics cutting across almost every category, whether it is consumer electronics, power electronics, telecom, medical electronics, automotive. Every category has so much of electronics starting to evolve in this. And with more IOTification of the sort happening, I believe that more sensors will start to get incorporated. It is, it is no longer going to be only the PCBA, but also a lot of sensing devices, bringing a lot of data and getting that data go on the cloud. So, in simple sense, the priority should be such that we start to populate, not only populate the PCB in the country, but also then start to look at component manufacturing which will happen in the country. So, we cannot imagine that we directly jump from assembly which is happening in the current uh, situation in the country to manufacturing components in the country. So, the first logical step is start to populate the PCB in the country. And then identify that which are the doable items. For example, the laminate itself. Why can't a PCB laminate be produced in the country? So this is how we have to take these steps forward and priorities are supposed to be set right. Similarly, compressors, similarly, motors. Like in motors, what we are doing is we are identifying that which are the applications wherein the common design of motor may cut across, whether it is automotive industry, consumer durable industry, or any other industry. So therefore, that is the kind of activity which is happening. So when it comes to import substitution from finished goods, we are already at a situation to look at backward integration to take place. And currently we are looking at that kind of approach when it comes to import substitution. Then second is, how do we then ensure that exports also start to happen? As I said, there has to be a sense of urgency cutting across. So simultaneous to us, enabling economies of scale, also backward integrating with the components where we can, we should now start to look at a unique way to enable exports. If we simply again follow that we are looking at finished good exports to happen out of our country with the kind of environment which is evolving, how many countries would be happy to substitute their imports from a current country to India? Not necessarily because everyone wants to assemble the products in their own country. So India needs to find out a unique model, in my opinion, which can be a hub and spoke model, where we do components in our country, and let the assembly happen in the country of consumption. So I think that is the kind of uh, model which we should explore, especially looking towards the best. And we have a huge opportunity called Africa, uh, which is going to evolve in the next many decades, and that is where we should check our focus. Very interesting. So that essentially means that uh, component manufacturing possibly, uh, uh, given the urgency that, that's there, Possibly in the next three to four years, we start seeing much more happening on component assembly, uh, component manufacturing as well as assembly. 
and then we start looking at this other and scope kind of a uh, model. 100% yes. So I say yes, sorry to interrupt you, yes, 100% that is going to happen. And the very distant thing the approach is now that uh, the accountability, the ownership is becoming more clear. And the follow-ups are happening more frequently. I mean, gone are the days where a policy is being announced and then it is left to the uh, intermediaries or, or the industry itself to uh, ensure that the investments are happening. I mean, today there is a very clear follow-up, for example, by the state committee chair or even by the ministry also. Today you see the Honorable Minister coming frequently and, you know, talking directly to the industry that what is the status and the update regarding execution of, uh, for example, the PLI, what are the other measures which government should take to further catalyze, uh, you know, these uh, investments and the execution itself. So I believe that component manufacturing, specifically, uh, you know, large uh, scale manufacturing for compressors, for motors, for PCBAs, the population of PCB, so those kind of investments will definitely happen in the country. And there are categories which are like large semiconductors, open cells. So I believe as the economies of scale further start to get unfolded, we will see that also happening in the country. Perfect. Interesting. Uh, so can I have your yeah, so uh, very, very interesting uh, conversation. So I'm sure a lot of the guests may have questions. So I would like to announce that if you have any questions, do raise it with your hand and then you can unmute yourself. Uh, yes, Aditya, back to you. So Manish, when you speak about this component manufacturing, who do you think are going to the, which are going to the companies which will benefit from it? Is it going to be some of the newer Indian companies which will take up that, 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 that responsibility? Or you would anticipate the global majors to be coming in and setting up the shop uh, in India for companies? So I would say that three things will happen. First is uh, we have to follow some of the successful models which we experienced in the past. I think automotive industry has demonstrated a very good model wherein responsibility of uh, multinational organizations is two. Uh, first is to ensure that uh, they make India part of their global supply chain map. And, uh, like, you know, for many multinational companies, uh, uh, we have our international procurement offices wherein we manage the global supply chain in terms of consolidating the component demand uh, within regions and ensuring that the best of supply chain efficiencies are established. So India should find consideration amongst the uh, global supply chain footprints of multinational companies. That is one. Only then, efficiency in terms of when India starts to produce components uh, will start to happen. Not necessarily will produce only for the countries, but then through those multinational companies, they look at exporting those components or even the finished goods for their other subsidiaries out of India. So that is first responsibility of uh, multinational companies. And second is to ensure that uh, relevant technology transfers uh, by enabling dialogue between the small and medium enterprises of the country with the component makers elsewhere uh, who are associated with those large ODMs or ODMs. So that is first. So in that sense, uh, we will see a lot of multinational companies uh, into component manufacturing coming into our country either through collaboration or directly. That is that is first. Second is, I think this is a huge opportunity with uh, specifically the uh, small and medium enterprise uh, fraternity of our country to uh, look at entrepreneurship. And uh, I believe that uh, a lot of items wherein expertise is already available in the country. For example, motors. There is so much of expertise already available in the country. So we should look at uh, investment to happen through 
data and companies when it comes to uh, categories where there is already expertise available and not necessarily we will depend on R&D support or technical support or factory technology support to come from elsewhere, which is, which is the case when I mentioned that multinational companies are in their role. So that is second. And uh, third, I believe that startups are going to play a major role, people who may have the capability to start something from scratch. And as I said, that uh, the near future is such that a lot of products will now start to get uh, smarter, now start to get connected and more energy efficient. So I believe that uh, there is so much of opportunity for Indian startups, entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs to have their own play in this whole large ecosystem. And so much is going to go on cloud. A lot of data analytics will start to happen and uh, through that uh, more opportunities are going to open up. Circular economy, for example. So why in manufacturing? We are now looking at end of life of products and the treatment which has to happen. So so much of opportunity is going to get created over there. So production which has happened in the last 10 years is now starting to get into end of life. So those kind of opportunities will get created. So I believe that across the spectrum, all these three opportunities in the next 5 to 10 to 15 years will get created. Understood. So when we look at critical components, uh, some of the components which have very high value, such as let's say open cell panels for TVs or compressors for ACs and refrigerators, which also have a technology edge, uh, fair to assume that those, at least for the near term, will be, uh, will, will be driven by MNCs and things like chargers, batteries, uh, things like motors you mentioned, those are the ones where Indian entrepreneurs initially would be having the role to play. Yeah, true. That is true. And uh, I mean, you may get surprised also sometimes because when you look at open cellular side of it needing a billion dollar of requirements for the investment to happen, uh, compressors are like 300 crores or uh, for a couple of million capacity. So there's a huge difference between these two. And uh, as you rightly mentioned, I mean, these are the categories where fair amount of R&D has happened in the last many, many years, so it has been 40, 50 years. And therefore, you need an accumulated know-how to understand. So therefore, as I said, multinational companies have to play a role and the best of the model can be technology collaborations or a multinational building and a whole year structure need to do these properly. So that will definitely happen. Then apart from motors, obviously chargers, I mean, there are many more categories where uh, Indian companies may have their own uh, interest and capability to take into. And uh, for example, in CCTV category, uh, you know, today, a lot of Indian companies are bringing up innovation. And uh, the basic know-how is such that we have a capability to take the product life cycle forward as it goes forward in variety of applications. So, CCTV cameras, for example, is a huge potential. And drone, as you know, is evolving across the world. And there is so much of innovation that has happened in our country. And there are applications of motors in drones, sensors in drones, and then, of course, the form factor in the industrial design itself. So, so I think there are many categories where it's a kind of level playing situation across the world and uh, the technology is not such that it has evolved over the last many decades where I think Indian companies have a huge opportunity to play. So one would be aluminium, copper, uh, which is consumed in bulk in the air conditioning industry, even in the washing machine and the refrigerator industry. So again, uh, so to say like commodity, but there is so much of opportunity for those uh, Indian companies to uh, look at large investments uh, to happen in our country. And when we are you thinking about semiconductor manufacturing in the country, uh, uh, the government, I mean, in the past you haven't really gone ahead with it, there have been uh, efforts which were made but really didn't result into anything. Do you think India could be maybe third time lucky uh, in, in this aspect? 
And uh, of course, we have to look at semiconductors because any semiconductor is also part of that importance is coming in. But when we look at this doable item, and in my opinion, this is the low-hanging fruit. Why should we be not populating all these businesses in the country? Why should we be not looking at laminate manufacturing to happen in the country for variety of applications as quickly as possible? Then again, as I said, compressors. Look at the situation. We do only about 15 to 20 percent compressor manufacturing for air conditioners in the country, and very similar in the case for refrigerators, motors. There is so much of application, whether it is the assembly line conveyors or it is the finished goods itself uh, in refrigerators, in washing machines, in automobiles. We use motors almost everywhere of variety of kinds. We still continue to import so much of motors and many. I can go on and on. So I think we should identify items which in some sense we did not focus as much over the last few years. And parallelly, I am very sure, when all that starts to happen, the drop-off is going to be such that we have to make an in the country. But as I said, I'm not in a position to talk more about it, but a lot of work is uh, happening behind the scenes when it comes to uh, uh, ensuring that we have semiconductor and factory goals in the country. Very good. And sir, about the global preference for supply chain diversity? Yeah, so that, as I said, uh, will be outcome of uh, combined efforts, uh, you know, and ensuring that we improve our competitiveness. Only then it will make a sense for specifically the multinational companies to consider India as part of their supply chain feasibility. And again, a lot of work is happening and the responsibility of people like us, like me, is uh, very integral to this. And we have to ensure that right communication at the right time, uh, understanding of the policies which are evolving uh, towards our headquarters and making sure that uh, right actions are taken to make India integral, like Indian subsidiary. Integral. And we have started to take, for example, in our case, I'll give you some examples. Uh, so the competitiveness may evolve from two perspectives in the time to come. So one is the cost itself, and second is uh, the positioning of Make in India uh, in the countries where the consumption will happen. But over the last uh, five to six years, we have taken baby steps to start to export air conditioners to many Middle East countries and also to some of the African countries, uh, Bangladesh. So those kind of initiatives have taken. But the quantum is like time. We do just about uh, 25 to 30,000 air conditioners export to these countries and the potential is like big. So therefore now as I said we are looking at identifying the right models to enable these exports and why should we be looking at enabling only the finished goods to go out of the country. Therefore as I said we are now looking at uh, some unique models where we may create assembly to happen in the country of consumption and then enable component exports or kit exports out of our country to let the assembly happen in those countries. So I think it is going to take time for us to be able to part of those global supply chains. Makes sense. Thank you. Uh, the second question is more on a on the policy side. Uh, now, uh, given that this government industry has done a lot to uh, enable manufacturing and exports from the first point of view, uh, do you think that now it is in once now the wheels have started rolling? Uh, this political dispensation stays in or comes in power, it doesn't really matter. Uh, or do you still believe that uh, from a policy continuity point of view, you, uh, the industry in general would prefer uh, the incumbent society? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, so as I said, uh, I've been involved into such matters for last about 8 or 9 years or 10 years, so I've seen transitions happening. 
and uh, you know the fundamentals still remain the same because the action is taken in the national interest with a very logical approach normally it does not get challenged and uh, what i think is that uh, over the last many years and i have been talking about this human and material capacity being the president of yama that we should we should take measures towards the demand and uh, of late this the last couple of years we have started to take measures uh, more towards the supply side of it and i think this approach is going to take time but it is going to be a sustainable approach in a time to come because demand anyway there is a huge potential so how do we unlock it and if we go back like 4 5 6 years in the past and especially after the gst was implemented we used to be very critical that why for example in air conditioners or when it started in television and other home appliances the gst should be like 20 to 28% and to enable demand we were of the view that the gst has to be lower of course that expectation still continues but i believe that if we are able to make our cost more competitive simultaneous to domestic demand explosion we can also enable exports to happen out of our country and that's a very different model than what we used to imagine in the past so what i feel is that these are the measures where quantum may not get compromised uh, there is a possibility that the speed of reforms or uh, maybe uh, the way we are taking these steps may get you know uh, how do i say may get changed a bit for a duration but on a long term i don't think so because i think bank transition already it uh, never changed uh, it continued in the same direction as it used to be possibly the measures became more faster and uh, the dialogue as i always used to say that <clears throat> dialogue was very consistent in the past also now it has become more objective and it has gone more deeper in terms of uh, data and objectivity so i think that is how it is happening at this point of time and i am very hopeful that this will continue the respective of uh, what the political environment is very useful this what last question from my and this is i think uh, again on more on the policy side and the uh, government really wants to uh, ensure competitive federalism between states where when the states are actually competing against the industry uh, are you seeing this playing out uh, or is it just uh, at a policy level and if yes and which states do you really see as being quite well over and it could emerge as the net of contact so there is nothing like uh, the best case and uh, ideal case but uh, when it comes to competitive federalism i believe that uh, you know it can be also termed as competitive rivalry across uh, the various states of our country and you can you can actually see it industry can see it which is very healthy for the country and uh, when it comes to collaboration or cooperation between sector and the state as i said that uh, there is no situation which can be termed as perfect but i think it is evolving over a period of time and clearly i think there is a reasonable synergy so i mean while there is a competition but uh, they are not like overlapping and uh, dialogue is consistently happening between the authorities and that is why you see that there is a little overlap uh, which in some sense uh, can be disutilized by the industry so in that sense you can realize that there is a conversation happening in the backdrop and uh, we always know that authorities continue to talk in respect of whatever is the uh, difference of opinion between the political leadership at that point of time either in the center or in the state so so and then again many states are kind of leading uh, in the past you see Rajasthan and therefore for example for Japanese Indrana uh, came up as a huge hub they bought as a huge hub over a period of time 
business that is, you know, the way they are innovating, the way they are investing, the way that they are managing their operations or bringing in better efficient systems into their manufacturing operations. So I think we are there on the right track. Understood, understood. That's very insightful. Uh, Manish, I understand that we are short on time. You have something as well that we look to give that. Maybe we'll wind the session. Some very interesting thoughts. As always, a pleasure speaking to you. And thank you. Uh, Aditya, there is, if we have time, there's one question from Mr. Abhishek Ghosh. Sure, sure. Would you just be okay speaking? Yes, yes. It is okay. It is fine. Abhishek, would you like to unmute yourself and ask? Abhishek, are you able to hear us? Okay, I think we are not uh, connecting with him. Aditya, maybe you can then confuse. And if we get through Abhishek, we will send the question to Manish then later. I'd appreciate that. Thank you so much, Manish. Thanks for taking your time out. And thanks to everyone for joining in. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Have a good day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mm-hmm.